0: Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Passing Shots round by round catch up of the US Open. We will be discussing Novak Djokovic's exit from the US Open, Conter's chances at a Grand Slam title and a Serena Williams injury scare. But first, Kim, we are going to be talking about hot off the press. Naomi Osaka defending US Open champion has gone the way of Novak Djokovic and has lost to Belinda Bencic. I
1: know. So we've got... Both defending champions out within the space of 24 hours. Uh, I think neither of the losses were particularly a big surprise uh, given the the context. Uh, but yeah, Naomi Osaka today loses in straight sets to Belinda Bencic. It's actually the third time this year I think that that's happened. Uh, so I think Bencic certainly is kind of becoming a bit of a bogey woman for Osaka. Um, and, you know, Asaka had seemed in really good form in the Coco Golf match on Saturday night. So, you know, Belinda Benchich has worked her way into the quarterfinals uh, pretty comfortably. Yes,
0: yeah, certainly. And I think Benchich, one of those players who, you know, I think was tipped for big things you know, a few seasons ago, you know, for whatever reason, you know, like injury that didn't necessarily materialized straight away but um you know she's come back this tournament and yeah is kind of taking out opponents i think she hit she certainly hit a lot of winners against Osaka very kind of um, kept unforced errors down and yeah into the quarterfinals where she will face Donna Vekic uh, who beat Yulia Gerges in a very tight very tight battle
1: yeah uh, that was a great women's match. I think Gerges had a match point, didn't she? And then Vekic came back. But do you know what? Vekic is one of those players I really enjoy watching because she she always fights back and, you know, she has a lot of close matches. And I, I really admire her kind of spirit and her resilience. So I'm I'm really pleased that Vekic is into her quarterfinal. Um, I would like her to go further. I think she, it's kind of been on the cards for a while that she's, you know, going to go deep at a slam. So... You know, how about a Vekic counter-final? That, that would be pretty cool. They've had some great matches in the past. Um, that might be getting ahead of myself somewhat, but <laughs> wishful thinking.
0: <laughs> I, think, I think the biggest thing is that the the top half now, I think, of the draw, in the women's draw, um, it's going to have a first time, there's going to be a first time Grand Slam finalist there. Yeah. Could be Vekic, could be Bencic. Yeah, Bencic, I mean, it could be, Andreescu. It could be
1: Andreescu. Andreescu, Andreescu the favourite, do you think? Um, I've completely forgotten who she's playing tonight. Uh, who is Andreescu playing? I I would imagine that she is de- definitely the favourite to come through that half, just based on her, her form across this whole
0: season. And I think most of us... She's got Taylor Townsend tonight. Oh, that was it, yeah. Taylor Townsend, who took out Simona Hallett. So I mean I would you'd back Andre to come through that. I mean on it could be on or mertens
1: Yeah, you'd have to go for Andreescu, uh barring like injury or something. And I think, you know, most of us and most of our listeners actually in our collector set feature have predicted Andre to reach the final or even perhaps win. Um but yeah, let's let's see how that shapes up. It'll be, you know, a very you know, exciting prospect, regardless of what happens. And we'll get on to Joe Contra in a bit, but I think we just want to touch upon what happened last night, Joel, in the evening session. Novak Djokovic against Stanislas Um It ended with Djokovic being booed off the court after retiring at 2-1 down in the third set, didn't it?
0: I know. We were, I mean, we, we have tweeted about the uh, US Open crowd asking people if you if people think that is the toughest crowd potentially to play in front of and yeah Djokovic just got booed out the building. I mean he couldn't he couldn't compete. His shoulder kind of gave in on him and um yeah the crowd were very unforgiving um in terms of you know him having to withdraw. They obviously wanted to see a tennis match and he wasn't able to deliver it. I think it's kind of a bit, you know I think you know it was kind of a very good the first couple of sets were kind of I think high high quality, highly competitive. So, yeah, for them to kind of boo Djokovic, you know, regardless of whether he was kind of fully fit or not, it was a bit, I think, a bit kind of, I think it was a bit harsh. I think it was a bit harsh. Yeah, I think
1: so. I agree. I mean, you can't, if you know, we knew he was injured from like two rounds ago and then, you know, in the last round it seemed to be like, okay, you know, he won comfortably. But I guess two sets down to Stan Wawrinka when your shoulder's pretty dodgy, it's not going to happen really. So, yeah, he could have carried on till the end of the third set and closed it out, you know, properly, I guess. But what's the point in injuring yourself further? You know, I would imagine, you know, you should understand that as as a spectator in the crowd. You know, if, if Djokovic could have just basically tanked the last few games, then that wouldn't have been exactly exciting to watch anyway. So I think they're a bit over the top to boo him.
0: Do you think, uh, Kim, do you think Novak hates the U.S. Open crowd more or the Wimbledon the Wimbledon well. final crowd more at the moment?
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think he's maybe that bothered by what the crowd here were doing. Mm-hmm. He's probably more bothered about getting his shoulder, you know, back up and running and to get to full fitness. But, you know, we've seen this before with Djokovic. Like, he isn't as popular as Roger and Rafa. And, you know, I think if anyone out of the top three is going to have issues with the crowd, it's going to be Djokovic. Um, you know, he does kind of rub some people up the wrong way. He's not everyone's cup of tea, but, you know, to be fair, neither is Roger Federer, for example. Um, he just is a lot more people's cup of tea than Djokovic. <laughs> but, I mean, I do think it was totally unfair of the crowd to, like, be so ridiculous and booing him,
0: but... Do you know, actually, I think this is all part of his long-term fan engagement strategy. You know, he's obviously very desperate for Fedal for Federer and Nadal to meet for the first time at the US Open final. So, you know, he's just taken himself out of the competition. Well, and that is now genuinely on the (laughs) cards,
1: isn't it? I mean, a lot of people are now saying it's going to be Federer and Nadal final. It will be the first time they've met at the US Open. And what better way for them to meet for the first time at the US Open, other than, you know, in the final. I think Stan Wawrinka was a bit like... Oh, should I just go home now then? Because, you know, everyone's <laughs> saying Roger Raffa final. What about me? Hang on, you know? And I think if the uh, the only player that might stop this happening is Sam Wawrinka. I mean, I don't see him getting past Federer because Federer the last two rounds has been in pretty impressive form. I think he only dropped like four games against David Goffin. So he's, he's switched it on big time. And, you know, Wawrinka does have a terrible head-to-head against Federer, um, that you know, Wawrinka has an amazing head-to-head against Djokovic. Seems to be <laughs> perhaps his his ultimate kryptonite, as we put to our listeners uh, on social media today. But Stan against Federer just isn't the same. And yeah, I, I severely predict that Federer will definitely reach the final. Now, I don't think Medvedev has got enough in the tank physically to challenge yeah. him, even if he were to get past Stan. Um, although talking about Medvedev and the crowd, did you see his post-match interview after his match against Dominic Kurpfer, um What well, oh, was then M- yesterday? He, um, he M- well, he again said to the crowd, "Oh, thank you for the energy. You're really helping me get through. I was in so much pain before the match, but you know, your energy has helped me kind of continue." <laughs> and he just, you know, totally acted it like a boss again. It was
0: just so funny to see. <laughs> Well, we shall see. I mean, Medvedev, Vavrinka, I mean, I still think that is a, you know, maybe you give the the edge to Vavrinka because, yeah, as you said, I think, you know, the amount of matches and tennis that Medvedev has played, you know, since stepping foot in America and, and Canada, I think it is, catching, it is catching up to him and whether that kind of uh, brings himself to a halt against Vavrinka, we'll see. But um, yes, I think it will be Uh, I think, you know, everyone is kind of interested, excited for a potential Federer-Nadal final. I mean, they can only they can only meet in the final. I think it'd be very fitting their first and potentially last um, match at Flushing Meadow is a final. Um, I'm sure the crowd would be absolutely up for that, but uh, still a long way to go.
1: Yeah, and also a long way to go before uh, Joe Conta might potentially win her first Grand Slam title. (laughs) I think we're both sitting here like, oh,
0: could it possibly happen? Yeah, we've been here the
1: last two slams, like dreaming of Conta winning. But I mean, do we feel any more confident this time around? Is it going to be like third time lucky? She, you know, is the first British female into the quarterfinals at the US Open since Jo Durie in 1983. And I think what is just most significant is the fact she's now reached the quarterfinals or better than the last three slams which is amazing for consistency especially considering that she hadn't even won a match since Wimbledon before you know coming into the US Open um she's just totally turned it on it's fantastic
0: do you know I would be I feel like I would be more confident with her chances if she was in that in that top half with Vekic or um or Andreescu The fact that she's got Serena in that bottom half does worry me. I mean, Svitolina, she, you know, she took out Venus Williams. She beat Madison Keys. I was actually expecting Madison Keys to to win that match. But, you know, Conta's been in excellent form. I actually got to watch um, what was quite a topsy-turvy match against Pliskova, the third seed. She came through in a a really kind of tight battle, 6-7, 6-3, 7-5. And, you know, to come back from a set and a breakdown, particularly that first set, she was... She was one and ten on break points, which you know, if that had happened to you, you'd probably be really disappointed, really gutted, and you know, other players might have just kind of caved in and and kind of you know le- led to you know it led to kind of a seven six you know six one loss, but you know, Conta you know bounced back and you know she showed great grit and determination. Um, she had a, she has very aggressive style and it just um, it was just great to see on court and she didn't let the situation, uh you know, it didn't she didn't complicate matters. She just played her own game and yeah, in the end it was just too much for, for Pushkova.
1: Yeah, and Conta has this really good three set record this year. I think she's only lost three three set matches. So going into the quarterfinal final against Vitalina, I think <laughs> Do we want a three-set victory? I mean, it seems that when Joe loses in a slam, she loses to players that she isn't expected to beat. Sorry, to players that she is expected to beat in straight sets. So, Svitolina being the highest seed, you know, she's the fifth seed. Um, You know, again, Joe isn't going to be the favourite going into that match. And so, I'm hoping that she can just carry on in the same vein of form with a clear head and, you know, dare I say it, set up a semi-final with Serena Williams, who is largely uh predicted to come through against Ash Barty's conqueror uh Chong Wong uh, I think we I don't think anyone can see Serena losing that one I mean the only issue is that she might have a a slight ankle problem she she rolled over on her ankle in her last match
0: yeah I think that is probably the biggest concern going into that match I, as you said I don't I can't I can't see for the life of me how how that could even go through sets like I feel like that is a uh... I almost feel like that is a double bagel sort of scenario. (laughs) I'm not. I'm going to be really brutal, Kim. Serena. Serena is not. Is not going to be in the mood to take any prisoners, particularly with that ankle roll. She's gonna. She's want to want to get on court and get off as quick as possible, and she's just going to overpower her opponent. I think, and I think that. Think she's going to come through into the semi-finals, and you know, with Osaka out, um, you know, I. is I think well Serena Williams I think is the only player left in who you know has won a grand slam
1: slam. (laughs) well yeah and to be fair I predicted her against Andreescu in the final so you know that could be could be on I should have put some money on that
0: (laughs) I would love to see that I would also love to see Conta there I mean it's it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see what happens you know I I can't help but think though with just kind of talking about Serena Williams you know, she's had these. You know, she's had what? Th- is it three Grand Slam finals to, uh, uh, since you know coming back from? Um, sorry, since having a child, and mm. you know, it's it's not worked out for her. But like, here is an absolutely golden opportunity. You know, to um, to kind of write that an equal. And finally, equal uh, Margaret Court's um, record. Um, but yes, she will be definitely taking one match at a time and paying, and making sure she doesn't uh, <laughs> roll her ankle any any anymore.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. She doesn't want that sort of roll. I mean, just a note on Ash Barty as well. You know, she lost to Chong Wong in straight sets. And I know Chong Wong, you know, she's into the quarterfinals of a slam for the first time. Obviously, playing with really good form, um, but Barty is now one and ten against top twenty opponents at Grand Slams, which is a pretty shocking record considering that she's been the world number one and is the French Open champion. What does this does this tell you that you know she's still got an awful lot of work to to do in her game to kind of really be a a true consistent contender at Slams? And you know, was she? kind of quite lucky really to have won the french open this year i mean i don't want to take anything away from that victory because you know you can only play who's in front of you in the draw but it it does kind of for me give a question mark to really how how much of a a force she she kind of is when everyone else is playing at their at their top level
0: i 'm amazed you can get to to world number one with that that sort of record at, at grand slams um it's it, it feels very very surprising when i when I read it but yeah certainly I think Barty you know has a lot of work to do yes she 's at uh you know world number one I think she 's going to stay there uh, because Osaka um has gone out this evening mm. but um yeah, she's certainly got a lot of work to do when it comes to Grand Slams and, you know, she certainly can't, you know, rest on her laurels because there's so many there's so many players in that kind of group that, you know, I don't think have that, um, aren't that far apart from each other. And, you know, I think Barty, you know, certainly Barty could, you know, face, you know, other players in that group, you know, players like Konta, Bencic, uh, Svitolina. And yeah, I think they would, you know, Go in and certainly think they could, you know, take out the, the world number one. So, mm. you know, I th- certainly think she's got more to work on on her game. Very surprising to see her lose to Wong. I mean, six two six four. That's just something you would we wouldn't expect from the number two seed. And you know, I I, I do wonder. I you know, is there a question mark on Ash Party? You know, on a on a clay court great but you know is she uh can she do it on the on the other surfaces um well she should be able to because
1: her game you know she clay is technically her least favorite surface but um i mean i think it was more the manner of the defeat that shocked me and i was kind of looking forward to seeing ash against serena in the quarterfinal to see how they would get on playing each other um let's have a quick look at what's going on at the moment so we've got sasha zverev playing against diego schwartzman Zverev is a set-up. So (laughs) we're all sort of predicting Zverev to not really do very well at this tournament and he's on his way (laughs) into the quarterfinals. So, uh, you know, there you go. Um, And Andre Rublev against Matteo Berrettini. Berrettini's a set in a break-up. So that's, you know, again, a player who did extremely well earlier on in the season. You know, he was really on a run coming into the grass court season, Berrettini was. And I think we all sort of forgot about him after he kind of got hammered by Federer at Wimbledon. Uh, but yeah, he's he's potentially going to reach the quarters here. Um, and then obviously later we've got Rafa against Marin Cilic. And gosh, who else is in the night session? It so would Monfils? be Monfils? Monfils is playing Pablo Andahar. You'd have to predict uh, Andahar for that. Uh, monfies for that one. <laughs> um, and we've got, yeah, Taylor Townsend, Bianca Andreescu later on, and Christiana Lees mertens So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we've also got Grigor Dimitrov made his way into the quarterfinals because he was playing... Oh, gosh. Who did he beat yesterday? He beat someone quite easily, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he beat Alex de Menor That's from Australia. It. Yeah, And, yeah, I feel like Dimitrov... Dimitrov and Zverev two players we're kind of like expecting you know to be in the in that category of seeds who are seed you know seeds that are going to go out in the first week but yeah have made welcome returns to second week of of Grand Slams and you know they've got you know with Zverev particularly he's going into kind of unventured some unknowns here in terms of uh, Grand Slam tournaments you know he's kind of Shown that he can get to these parts of uh events you know on the tour, but um hasn 't quite been able to do it at grand slam level and lo and behold it's it's just clicked for him i you know I've, you know I think he's obviously had a good draw I think you know one of his opponents earlier on uh, withdrew, which probably you know helped him conserve his energy levels and you know he's he 's making the most of it and you know i think that's that's more than you can say of 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 some players and i 'm thinking. You know, Rublev Berrettini, Nick Kyrgios must be kicking himself. That's
1: Nick Kyrgios for you. I think, you know, when, when push comes to shove and he doesn't quite perform as he, you know, as he knows he can, I think he just, yeah, gets quite down on himself. And I think that's also part of the reason why he puts on all these antics, because it's like a front for for showing that actually he really does care, you know, what's happening in his career. Um
0: did you see today? He was watching some. Uh, he was watching some ladies doubles. Yeah, Callen Skyer and uh, Gosh, uh, quite an obscure doubles pairing. I think it was. I think he only had eyes for Callen Sky though. Is that right? I think. Is that who?
1: Sh- is is she currently on his his hit list or something? I, I yes, don't
0: know. I I think so. I don't I think know what the, the, gossip the Twitter is there. gossips. I oh. think, Kim, the Twitter gossips are suggesting that. So uh,
1: Well, he pulled out of his men's doubles match, Kyrgios did, so I don't know if we well, just wants to be watch bothered. some ladies' doubles. Well, uh, talking <laughs> of doubles, we've got some British uh, men featuring in the doubles. So we've got uh, two teams in the quarterfinals of the men's doubles, Jamie Murray and Neil Skupski doing well. And also Luke Bambridge, who is playing with Ben McLachlan. so they're both in the quarters. I think if they both win their quarters, they would meet in the semi-finals. So, I mean, that's that's fantastic. And also Jamie Murray is into the quarters of the mixed doubles with Bethany Matic Sands. Um, and Joel, your favourite doubles pairing, <laughs> Kravitz and Mees, winners of the French Open men's doubles. They are now seeded and they're into the quarterfinals as well. So you can Kim, I still don't know their who names now I still
0: don't know who you're on about. Well. I still don't know any- any listeners
1: who who have, <laughs> I don't know, recently joined us, um, go back a couple of episodes because we did a mid-season quiz based on the first six months of the year. So go back and listen, play along, um, see how we do. But I tested Joel on, on Kravitz and me's and he didn't know them. And I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to remind you of this as much as possible.
0: Watch from me now struggle on. for about a minute or so trying to think of some players that just were not just were not coming to my head. Um, but yes, uh, let's move on because also in the doubles world, we had a bit of a bit of a controversy surrounding the Bryan brothers, um, which uh, made, uh, which has been making the headlines. So Mike Bryan uh, got fined $10,000 for making a uh, gun gesture towards uh, one of the line judges after um, they had, um, they made an incorrect call Um now, uh, Mike Bryan kind of uh, apologised for this. Um, you can go on. You can kind of go on Twitter and, and see the kind of gesture that he made. He basically used the the handle of his racket to simulate um, like firing a gun uh, at the the line umpire. And um, yeah, he got a, a ten thousand dollar fine for it. You know, he acknowledged that it wasn't. Um, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't right. It was a bit of a silly thing to do. I don't think he was particularly thinking at the time. But um, yeah, we put it out to our kind of, we put it out to our listeners just to get their thoughts on it. Because, you know, some people are at one end of the spectrum kind of saying, you know, it's all a bunch of nonsense, there's much to do about nothing. Whereas there are, you know, people on the completely other side saying kind of, you know, $10,000, that's not enough. This is, you know, given the kind of climate, you know, the the, the kind of USA is in at the moment, it was just very inappropriate and, and it warranted potentially further action. I mean, before we kind of get on, to our listeners comments kim do you have any 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 thoughts
1: well i do agree it was highly insensitive and i, I think a fine is justified completely um i don't know what the grading scale is for fines you know in the uh, like itf or atp in terms of what deems a particular level of fine or if it's just kind of at random but um we had to have a, you know we've had a lot of people saying it wasn't harsh enough so we've had uh like darius e bennett said it should have been more more than ten thousand dollars um you know there's so much gun violence in in america right now so it was a ridiculously low fine for essentially a multi-millionaire you know um and we also had uh john Meany, he said he should have been disqualified so a lot of people saying you know it really wasn't wasn't harsh enough but then i think uh we also had some listeners who um said it might have been a bit over the top uh james spencer boyce said you know it's a bit over the top but you know he understands the controversy you know in the us of the symbolism with guns um and then some i think other people sort of saying well it's Politically, you know, political correctness gone a bit mad. Uh, so different ends of the scale. I mean, I agree with the fine. Uh, perhaps it could have been a bit harsher. I'm sure it was a moment of madness when he did it. And I'm sure he's thinking back now, like, what? Why did I do that? What was I doing? We've all had moments like that where you just <laughs> cringe and you think, oh, my gosh. But yeah, this was uh, obviously in a public stage, uh, stage. And it's it's really, you know, you do have to think before you do things like that.
0: It felt very much like it was like he thought it would be okay in a sort of oh the the crowd will laugh like a sort of exhibition sort of yeah. moment. But um, you know, when it kind of when you kinda it comes across on television a lot kind of differently and yeah, as you say, kind of the kind of the climate at the moment, um, you know, very I can, you can kind of see why some people kind of see it as very, you know, insensitive and kind of warrants um, you know, warrants a fine. Uh, it's just yeah, it's just something you don't you don't see every day and particularly not with, you know, a doubles pairing like the Bryan brothers who've been around for so long, you know, they're ambassadors for the game. You know, they don't they don't really ever kind of court controversy. So, no, you yeah, exactly. I just think it was kind of <laughs> just kind of an honest i feel like it's kind of an honest mistake sort, yeah. of, sort I mean, of thing
1: interestingly i don't know if you remember was it this year or was it last year fabio fognini he made some comments uh, about a bomb at wimbledon uh, i think it was when he was put on like an outside court and he made some comments like oh there's probably going to be like a bomb going off there or or something and lo and behold it sort of brought up a uh, sort of an interesting fact you know wimbledon the club was actually bombed during the war um but anyway he was only fined three thousand dollars so obviously the fine that mike bryan's got is you know almost three times as much so again i don't know how they how they sort of um decide on the amount you know for the fine but yeah i think it's certainly you know right that they did something and uh hopefully we won't have it happen again <laughs> but uh, <laughs> i think that pretty much draws us to a close for our fourth round catch-up we are of course aware that the fourth round is still underway um and you know, I think. I mean, what do you think was going to happen tonight, Joel, in uh, Rafa against Marin Cilic? Do you see?
0: Do you think Cilic has got a chance there? I mean, I you just forget Marin Cilic is a U.S. Open champion. I know, um, but it doesn't. You know, this season I don't think his form's been. It's not been Grand Slam champion worthy, and it's not been. It's been very inconsistent, and you know, I think you know if this matchup was a few years ago, you know, I would have said no doubt probably would have still come through, but it might've been like a tight four set battle. You know, I can kind of, to be honest, I can kind of see this being a three set, a three set victory, um, maybe two tight sets, but I see it as sort of seven, five, seven, six, six, three sort of win. Mm, I think it, yeah. I think it'll be quite, I I kind of on paper. Yeah. It might look a bit tricky, but I think, you know, on, on the court, I think it'll, it's a bit more straightforward. Mm-hmm.
1: No, definitely. Um, I would agree. I hope Rafa comes through and I think also we're gonna see wins for Andreescu, we're gonna see wins for Monfils
0: and
1: yeah, I think uh Elise Mertens
0: as well, I think will come through. I just wanna say Gail Monfils, I love the fact that he is he's kind of back and he's got like this he's got like this second wind and you know, it's it's great to see him, you know, he obviously he is the entertainer, but you know going deep into tournaments and, and wowing the crowd at the same time is just such a it's such such a great combination um well I, him just, and
1: gems gems life yeah, are doing well, well him you know. and Spitalina <laughs> are still in the game so. i mean they're,
0: they're finding time to watch each other's matches i'm like i mean no matter how much i would love someone if i was in like the fourth round of uh or the third round or whatever of of a grand slam i'd be like Sorry, love, I need to focus on my own match. Uh, I'm Joel, not gonna...
1: <laughs> honestly, love knows no bounds. Come on. <laughs> they say there's no love in tennis, but there is. <laughs> um, well, that, that brings us to a close for, for this episode. We'll be back in two days' time, bringing all our listeners are quarterfinals catch up. So until then, uh, do follow us on social media. If you don't already, do subscribe. Give us a rating on iTunes. That would be really helpful. Um, send us your thoughts about what's going on at the US Open. Uh, you can find us on at Passing Shop Pod on all social media. Um, and until then, it's a goodbye from me and a goodbye from Joel. And we'll see you after the quarterfinals. Take care and goodbye.